SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Listening to Scott Wetzel will give you a bad taste in your mouth. You call these bagels? It's Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Hour number two of Bagels and Bad Beats on this Monday morning, six minutes past the hour. Here's Julie Scott Wetzel sitting in as we always do, taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time. Two hours flying by, 844-843-6879. Again, toll-free, 844-843-6879. We'll open up the phone lines here in about 10 minutes, so get on board now. If you want to send a tweet, it's at Opposite Picks. Email me, go to the website, hit the contact, Scott Icon, and fire away. And check us out on YouTube as well, Sports Grid Radio, going back and forth with a couple of the folks on uh, YouTube, as we uh, like to do. NBA, big story last night. Uh, two really, well, really four, I suppose. Uh, the minor story, Celtics and Raptors finish off four-game series sweeps. Boston over Philadelphia, perhaps singling the end of Brett Brown's coaching tenure with the 76ers. Raptors over the Nets, 151-22. And uh, that probably signals the end of uh, Jacques Vaughn's interim head coaching label for the Brooklyn Nets. In comes Ty Lue. Uh, I I would be very, very surprised if that does not occur. Uh, Mavericks, meanwhile, beat the Clips, 135-133 in overtime. And then it was the Jazz, uh, 129-127 in regulation. As uh, Donovan Mitchell goes off for 51, Luka hits the game-winning shot at the buzzer for the Mavericks uh, series win. And then, you know, the hockey stub, Bruins and uh, Vegas uh, Golden Knights both take respect to one nothing series lead. The NBA, I, I don't think there's anyone out there that doesn't think that Brett Brown's uh, you know dead man walking, sad to say, but true. I don't know if it's necessarily his fault. Who knows? But he has been there a long time, 2013, coached him through the process and everything else, but uh, it does not appear that he's going to survive. When you get the you know the main guy Joel Embiid going on a podcast, you you want another example, guys, of of 2020 NBA basketball. I mean, uh, lo and behold, they're in this bubble. It's a difficult situation. Give them all the credit in the world for these players to stay focused, and there has not been that much, you know, as far as uh, breaking protocols and, and failing tests and everything else. Uh, you got Joel Embiid talking about his season and uh, how difficult it's been and how it hasn't been comfortable for him. And he's doing it during a podcast with a teammate. I, I mean, it, it's it's you're in the NBA, you know, playoffs, and two guys, oh by the way, down three games to none, have time to do a podcast. I mean, if that's not just like wow, welcome to NBA 2021. Brown, uh, I will be fired by you know, sometime three hours. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. First up, Bruins, then uh, or actually Vegas, Golden Knights, uh, whitewashing uh, Vancouver 5-0 last night. 
Uh, them along with the uh, Bruins taking one nothing best of seven second round series leads. Bagels and bad beats on this uh, Monday morning. 844-843-6879. past the hour. Send a tweet at Opposite Picks. Email me. Go to the website. Hit the contact Scott icon and fire away. Yeah, they're pretty nondescript hockey last night. No, nothing crazy. Uh, it's really more stuff off the ice than anything else with the Vegas team in particular with the, the uh, agent over the weekend for Marc-Andre Fleury, who's so overrated. I, I never, never, ever was a fan of his. So the agent send out the uh, the picture on social media, Twitter, uh, having the goaltender being stabbed in the back with a sword engraved by uh, head coach Pete DeBoer because the, Andre Flory's not playing. Uh, Robin Leonard is. Leonard's been great. Now Flory has some decent numbers against the Canucks, so he's all pissed off that his guy's not in there. And then uh, Flory ended up telling the uh, the agent to, to take that down, which they had to do. That that's not that, that's pretty stupid. In the middle of postseason, the agent's going to put a picture like that. I mean, it's, you talk about just dumber than dumb. So, but you know, one thing we have not brought up, you know, it, it, too much, and we'll do it here uh, with the you know just just the pressures of of being careful what you say did come into play over the weekend with our guy Mike Milbury. And now you know if you're an LL loyal listener how I feel about Milbury. Um, used to work for the Islanders when he was over there. Never really had any run-ins. Bad, you know, but he's just the worst GM in the history of mankind, and he's probably the worst head coach in the history of mankind. Other than that, you know, uh, as a former Bruin, I appreciate him. You know, he'll always have a special place in my heart for going up into Madison Square Garden and beating a snot out of Ranger fans with their own shoes. So for that, he'll never do, you know, completely cross the line. Um, but I've been, I've been a critic of his, but just, you know, of his broadcast, you know, I, I ripped him the other day in that five overtime game because he was basically, you know, uh, yawning on the air. He wanted no part of that. So I'm not a big fan of his on the air anyway, but and he's a homer, but, you know, he's a homer for my team. So for the Bruins. But he said an innocent little comment. And, and this goes back to the Montrez Harrell situation. You know, when you're held under the scrutiny that some are, it's it's a difficult world. You know, when you host a sports talk show or you're on the air for three hours doing a broadcast, um, you know, when you're being critiqued for every single word you say, whether it's it versus the versus but versus and, that's not easy. As I've told you before, yeah, anybody could do this job, I suppose, for a little while, but you know, it's the long haul. It's doing it for months and years at a time when you realize some of the pressures and some of the things you can and can't say, and you try and be funny and entertaining and this and that. Well, it, it's not easy. So Milbury on Friday, I think it was, Thursday or Friday, innocent little comment. You know, they're talking about the bubble and life in the bubble for an NHL player and, you know, how easy or how difficult it is. So here's um, Mike Milbury talking about, you know, just life in the bubble for an NHL player. If you think about it, it's a terrific environment with regards to if you enjoy playing and enjoy being with your teammates for long periods of time, it's a perfect place. Not even any woman here to disrupt their concentration. Oh, and also, too, no travel. There you go. <clears throat> so what's the problem, Scott? That was Milbury, a little low there, but uh, his uh, his play-by-play guy, you know, throughout the you know the advantages of being here and everything else, and Milbury saying, yeah, not even any woman here to to be a distraction, and you know the play-by-play guy, and I'm not being critical of him, but just to emphasize the thought, didn't miss a beat, didn't think it was funny, didn't think it was slanderous, didn't think it was critical, didn't think it was anything, anything other than you're right, there's not even women around. No, no big deal. It's not a positive or a negative. It's, it's just, you know, you're going to tell me that women aren't a distraction, just like, you, you know, men aren't a distraction. It was an innocent little know-nothing throwaway basic comment by Milbury. 
And for that, in his, you know, according to NBC, it was up to him. But because of that, Milbury is taking himself off the broadcast and no longer going to be part of the NHL NBC broadcast this year. Wasn't fired or anything, but he's he's no longer going to be part of that. That innocent little comment. Are you kidding me? By saying, yeah, there's not even women to distract you? Like, like they wouldn't be a distraction? Well, you know, again, nothing critical. Just like if it was, uh, you know, a WNBA broadcast and you'd say, all right, there's no husbands around to distract you. I mean, it's just crazy what a little, little bit of social pressure. I mean, who was even complaining? I know there was some on Dopey Twitter. We got to stop allowing Twitter to run our lives. You, you really do. I, I mean, you know, in a world in which you can buy Twitter followers, I, I'll never forget when I was at the Three Letter Network, uh, they were all amazed that certain hosts had like 15, 20, 30,000 you know, Twitter followers. I'm like, wow, that guy's got a lot of following. There was one host in particular, I won't say his name, that, you know, bought t- Twitter followers and they were so enamored with this. Like, wow, this guy's got 40,000 Twitter followers. And I'm thinking, you dopes, you know, you're in the media field. Don't you realize you could buy those? Th- those, <clears throat> you know, extra, I don't know. We'll give them credit for having 5,000. Those extra 40, 45,000 followers, you know, if, if you delve into his followers' handle, you could see that half of them aren't even in English. He's buying them, you dopes. I mean, you know, it's not him getting 50,000. People are so, so stupid. So anyway, but that, that's the world we live in with Twitter. You know, where one person on Twitter can, you know, set off a, a firestorm of, I don't know, 5, 10, 15 people, and it seems like a gazillion, and <clears throat> these companies are allowing these, you know, 5, 10, 15 people to dictate, you know, what people are really mad about. Nobody cares about Mike Milbury, you know, saying, that, yeah, there's not even any women to distract you. What do you, what do you think, women aren't distracting? What do, you, what do you think, women aren't a pain in the ass? I, I hate to break it to America, but here's the rules. <clears throat> all women, basically, are a pain in the ass, all right? A pain in the ass. All right. Rule number two, all guys are jerks. J-E-E-R-R-K-S-S. Jerks, guys are. We are. We are. Women are pain in the asses. Guys are jerks. We all know that. It shouldn't be a surprise in 2020. If it's just, you know, an eye opener for you right now, then, you know, you've been living in 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 a pretty good bubble yourselves. I mean, that's just the way of the world. I mean, guys. Uh, get frustrated with women, women get frustrated with guys, and that's, you know, to be able to not be able to acknowledge that women would be a distraction in a bubble. I mean, holy, holy. It it goes back to the Luca uh, Harrell thing, you know, and Matt Barnes, who, you know, is is definitely outspoken. He's, you know, he's had some some checkered past, no doubt about it, but I kind of like a guy like that. I'm, I'm not, you know, listen, I'm outspoken, so I appreciate Matt Barnes as goofy as he can be. He's doing a podcast, right? And they're talking about the, the Luca Montrez thing. And and if you didn't miss it, you know, on Friday in the first quarter, uh, Luca accused Montrell of of uh, flopping, and and Harold responded after hitting a shot, saying uh, either B ass white boy or P ass white boy to to Luca, who's obviously white. So Barnes was was in essence defending him, saying, "Am I sticking up for what uh, Trez said? No, but at the same time, I'm not trying to bury him or condemn him because that's just the bottom of the barrel as far as stuff that's said on the court. Uh, that stuff that's said on the court would draw scrutiny off the court. But the fact is, it's between the lines and the sanctuary. Nothing's off limits in between the lines. It's no big deal. It's really not about wives, sisters, colors. All that stuff is all open game. So basically, just you know, saying, come on, it's on the court, which makes a hundred percent, and I buy it completely. But you know what? 
you can't live that way. You can't have both ends of the of the candle burning. You, you just can't. You know, when when um, way to cotton pick in a minute, innocent comment by the OKC play-by-play guy last year gets him fired, can't have it. You know, when all lives matter tweet by the Sacramento Queens play-by-play guy gets him fired, can't have it. When guerrilla tactics, innocent tennis comment gets a guy fired by the four-letter network, can't have it. When you pass it along a joke in Indianapolis with the football play-by-play guy and that gets you fired, you, you can't have it both ways. You can't. You got to pick your poison. Are you going to scrutinize every single thing? Welcome to our world. Or are you not? You make the call. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Bagel. Now, back to Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Sends one out to right field. Reddick going back at the wall. And it's gone! A two-run home run for Manny Machado. Padres break the tie and take a 5-3 lead. Two-one pitch. Otani drills one out to left center field. That is long gone. Big fly Otani shot. A three-run shot. And the Angels are on top 3-2. Again, toll free. We'll open up the lines here in a sec. 844-843-6879. Hop on board now. I know Angels uh, were thrown in there as well. Boy, you're talking about taking a back seat. We mentioned that with NASCAR. Uh, Shockingly. You know, maybe it's just me because my team stinks, the Red Sox. And I I don't, not that I don't care, but I'm not following it as closely. I'm not living and dying. I'm following it. I, I shouldn't say I'm not following it, but. Uh, I'm not living and dying with every Red Sox game at this point. They're in last place. Uh, they had won three in a row. I thought maybe I was I'm not necessarily buying in, but I was, you know, starting to get a little bit more like, okay, I'm going to invest my emotions in this just a little bit, knowing that there are eight teams that make the postseason. But uh, then they lost a couple of games to the stinking Orioles, and it's back to just get the season over with. So, you know, um, the NBA and NHL have done a pretty good job. And really, the NHL, to tell you the truth, has, has elevated its game this postseason. I think there are many, many, many more fans that are interested in the NHL. Generally, that's how it goes. The NHL starts its postseason about a week or so, five to six days ahead of the NBA postseason. And that was the case again. They get a jump on things. But eventually, that would wane off. 
Whereas this year, I don't think it has. I, I, I think it's, uh, you know, gotten, you know, if not uh, more popular amongst the fans, at least kept its status quo. And baseball has kind of fallen back, uh, you know, under the weeds there. You know, we're, we're following baseball a little bit, but, you know, when 18's making the playoffs, who, who you know, who's living and dying? Whether you're, you know, you could be a stanky fan and you're worrying about all the injuries and Aaron Judge is supposed to come back this week. You know, that's a concern. If, you know, if you're an Astros fan, you probably just hope the season ends with because, the, you know, all the injuries they had and, uh, you know, all the, the, the scrutiny of them cheating and everything else. Uh, you know, if you're a Dodger fan, I'm sure you're really, really, really into it. You know, uh, Marlins are supposedly going to be buyers at the trade deadline. I'll see that when I believe it. But, you know, for the most, there aren't any really good storylines. It's it's basically been, you know, Mike Trout leaving and hitting a bunch of home runs. Uh, you know, San Diego is turning into a, a great story. You know, but other than that, what else is really out there? You know, the Tigers are better than what they are. Uh, the, the the Orioles are, are better than what we thought they would be. You know, nothing... Colorado has come back to the pack. No big deal there. The Mets aren't as good as Met fans thought they would be. Red Sox, Toronto's, you know, we, we've done with the Buffalo story. There's really just nothing. There really isn't. Um, no one's having great, great, crazy years just because of the bubble. You know, again, Tatis Jr. with San Diego, him aside, and then Trout maybe. And people are just hopping on Trout. So there's, there's, it's just right now there. In a season in which every game counts, it, it's baseball is just kind of, these are the dog days of summer, you know, a month later. This is it. Games between 20 and 40. When we get the game, you know, 41, 42, maybe then, but, you know, they uh, there's a positive and a negative to everything. And the positive is for an 18 playoff, you get two more teams. Uh, players and, and uh, teams don't have to scrutinize every single game, live and die, blah, 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 blah. Uh, but the negative is, yeah, you, you know, when you're in an 18 postseason at a 15, over half the teams make the playoffs in your league, you don't have to worry about winning or losing. You you just don't. As long as your team's playing 500, you're, you're going to get in. And it doesn't matter if you're the number one or the number eight seed, as we've talked about. Everyone is playing the best of three. So these are more or less exhibition games for half the league. So, and because of that, I think we're seeing, it, you know, and in half these games, you know, no Mets, no Yankees uh, this weekend because of the coronavirus stuff. And they're susceptible to that, whereas the NBA and the NHL are not. So and because of that, there's a big advantage for those those two leagues. Uh, Paul George, oh, by the way, dug a hole even deeper. What a bird brain. I mean, you talk about just uh, just an absolute dope. First off, on the court, because ultimately that's the most important thing. His club crying out for some help last night, you know, hoping that someone would be able to guard Luka. He did not, and we talked about that first hour. But after having a pretty good game one, 10 of 22, 27 points, and a 118-110, you know, uh, Clipper win, he stinks out the joint in game two with 14 points on four of 17 shooting. He stinks out the joint in game three, 11 points on three of 16 shooting. And then he stinks out the joint even more so last night. Nine points. Nine on three of 14 shooting. Paul George, and I'm not going to throw out game one because you can't do that. But overall, in four games against the Dallas Mavericks, which couldn't spell defense, never mind play it, is shooting 20 of 69. 29% from the field. 29%. 20 of 69 in a season league which you and I could score 15 points if we needed to 
Paul George is averaging just squat, basically, as one of the main cogs. Wow. Three of 14 last night. One of seven from three. He's atrocious from three-point land. Eight of 36. That's 22%. Overall, he's averaging 15 points for the series, but that's obviously buoyed by the 27 uh, in opening uh, the game number one of this series. I mean, he has just had a lousy, just an absolute lousy series so far. And here's the guy that's never won a big game in his life. And he's going off on social media after game number two, you know, ripping the fans, saying he doesn't give an F, blah, 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 blah. You know that. Then he tried to apologize or I won't even say that. I won't even give him the benefit of the doubt because that's actually not what he was doing. But he dug the hole even deeper over the weekend saying, I think people get caught up in what other people think. I'm PG. I don't care to be anybody else. I am who I am. You either love it or you don't. Simple as that. And again. While that philosophy is very noble, we should all have those standards. We really should. This world would be a peaceful place, a more peaceful place, if we all just said, you know what, I don't care what you think. I, you know, I don't, I'm not going to worry about you liking me or not liking me. I'm not. I'm going to live my life to its fullest and enjoy life. And if you like it, good. If you don't, you don't. What a, what a noble and great attitude to have. However, this is 2020, Paul. And we're living in a world in which you can't say all lives matter without getting fired, for goodness sakes. So you can't live in a hole like that, okay? We have slogans on the back of these NBA jerseys, although, to be honest, Paul doesn't. But we have slogans on the back of these jerseys because we're pissed off that certain people don't like other people. That's the whole principle of this all Black Lives Matter stuff, right? I mean, isn't that it? I mean, if we all had that attitude of, I don't care if the, the white guy down the street likes me. I don't care if this man of guy likes me or not. I don't care if this guy, you know, we, we can't have that attitude. You may think you can, but we can't. It'd be very nice to have that attitude, but we can't live that way. We are influenced by what other people think. We want other people to like us, and, and, and maybe rightfully so. You know, so to say that you don't care whether someone likes you or not because you send out a tweet that's got an F-bomb in it, well, that's, you know, I wish we all could live in that world. I wish we all could just say, you know what? I am who I am. And if I want to be a jackass, I get to be a jackass. And you like it or not. Too bad. If you don't like it, too bad. Boy, I tell you, for a guy who fights for social justice and putting everyone on the same page, boy, it's easy to pick your battles, you know? Uh, if uh, Bill the Baker down the street doesn't like, uh, you know, uh, Joe Schmo down the street. Well, that's not fair. That's not right. I'm going to protest. I'm going to, you know, turn over police cars. Uh, I'm going to defund the police department. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that because I want you to like that person. Now, that's it. I'm not going to be able to rest at night. I'm not going to be able to go to work. I'm not going to be able to do anything until that person likes that person. Oh, absolutely. It'd be nice to be able to just have that Paul George attitude of like, well, I don't care. Like me or not, I don't care. So Paul George acts like a jackass plays like a bum and he wants to be able to walk away and say deal with it all right well then 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 don't cry when people on social media or anywhere else criticizes you because i don't care what your beliefs are as far as that's concerned i care about your your play on the court and your play on the court stinks in this series there's no way in the world no way in the world the clippers should be tied in this series 2-2 they were lucky to win game one they got Porzingis, remember, kicked out in game one. They had Luka miss about a quarter with his ankle injury in game one. They barely were able to win that one. 
They got no Porzingis last night. You got one guy who could shoot the basketball for, for Dallas on a consistent basis. Uh, they're not smart enough to guard him. I mean, th- listen, they could easily. They could have easily lost game one, and I think they would have lost game one. Now, would they have lost game two like they did had they lost game one? Maybe, maybe not. But they got manhandled game two. So that maybe leads me to think they probably would have won game one because their heads clearly weren't there, and they probably would have been uh, had they lost game one. But the bottom line, they could they could very easily be down three games to one. And Paul George, as the number two cog behind Kawhi Leonard in that series, is playing lousy basketball. Lousy. Whether he's on social media or not. He's got to step up his game. And I'll tell you what, if the Clippers lose this series, between all his failures with Indiana and now with the Clippers, wow, he will get crushed and deservedly Big with a bad beat phone calls coming up next. Get on board. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Try my disgusting bagel. Now, back to bagels and bad beats with Scott Wetzel. Second and six. Pressure coming. Fitzpatrick steps up, throws on the run, and it's picked off. Guess who? Earl Thomas. Welcome to Baltimore, and he's not down yet. Thomas cuts it back at midfield and spun down. Earl. It's getting late. Nothing we can say is going to change anything now. I believe in the morning from St. Mary. Uh, bagels and bad beats on this uh, Monday morning, 844-843-6879. Little Springsteen there, Independence Day. That's a great song. Right? You know, any kid growing up in the 70s and 80s, uh, and really maybe any time, always, you know, that's what, you know, father, uh, father-son relationships were, 60s, 70s, and 80s. You didn't have this bonding and everything else that you had now. Back then, you know, even now, you know, who, what household doesn't have two parents, you know, working? It, it's difficult, and that that's uh, – I always love that song with Springsteen, one of the more underrated songs, uh, you know, kind of symbolic of me in mind. Although we did not not really get along, but it was just, you know, we, listen, we weren't the Waltons. Let's put it that way. Right? We weren't Brady Bunch and we weren't the Waltons and some of those others. So dad's birthday today passed away a few months back. So got his uh, little coffee mop, uh, grandpa's there and the little Red Sox shirt. The one thing we did bond on. So a uh, little piece, little part of dad is with us uh, this morning. 844-843-6879. So. Uh, football news, yes. Uh, well, I tell you what, he must be real one putts. There, there's no two ways about it. Earl Thomas there with with the highlight. Uh, Baltimore releasing uh, Thomas over the weekend, 31. Just signed him last year to a monster contract. It might cost them up to 15 million dollars in, in salary cap space, depending on if they can get out from underneath the contract. It's a guarantee, but you know, every, every contract you sign, everyone I've signed. There's always that clause 
of uh, you know conduct detrimental to the business in, in my case. And, and same thing, I suppose, in the NFL. And what they're trying to do, the Ravens, is say that him getting into a fistfight with a teammate is detrimental to the team, and that's grounds to get rid of the guy without having to pay his $15 million salary uh, for this, or, or at least $10 million guaranteed, but $15 million salary cap. Good luck on that. I, I don't think, listen, fights happen all the time. You miss a couple of meetings like he apparently has as well. There's no way in the world they'll ever get that approved. So, And, and I got a feeling they realize that. But, you know, listen, no harm in trying. But think about that. They, he is such a putz, apparently, that they are willing to eat $15 million in cap space this year. That's a lot of money. I, you know, And not only that, but they got to replace him. So add on, even if they replace him with a bum making a million dollars, that's like $16 really million dollars of cap space for this one position. They owe him $10 million guaranteed. They got to figure they're going to have to pay him that. Uh, if they can get out from underneath paying him, they still got to have $5 million on the cap this year, and then they can push $10 million next year if they wanted to. So maybe they'd rather have it this year. I don't know. Since it's already kind of in the budget, I would think they'd rather have it this year. But they have an inexperienced free safety in Deshaun Elliott, a sixth-round pick from a couple of years ago, as now looming as the starter. I mean, you're eating money. You're paying money to a guy that's not on your roster. Uh, you really don't have a viable backup. And yet they still kind of went out of their way to say, that's it, get the fudge out. I mean, that probably tells you about Earl Thomas more than anything else. Because this is a Seattle team that thinks it can win a Super Bowl. And if you're Earl Thomas, I mean, my, you got Russell Wilson. You got uh, Pete Carroll, head coach. You got, uh, you know, a great short little history for uh, Seattle of, of getting to the postseason. So they, they figured a challenge for a playoff spot at worst. They, certainly you went to the season thinking that you could win a Super Bowl. I mean, what better spot is there, you know, outside of going to Kansas City, maybe? But, I mean, my goodness, I mean, or San Francisco, perhaps. But, you know, you're on a terrific team, uh, seemingly a player's coach, you know, a, a quarterback that you could win a Super Bowl with clearly, and you went off that team? In 2020, to the point where you're going to be late for meetings, blow them off, according to reports, and then get into a fist fight because of a screw-up you apparently made, his own words? Wow. That's, uh, if you're old Thomas, I mean, you, you just got to be a dope. I mean, and that, that's just, you just don't want to play football. That, that's really it. Just go ahead and say it then. You know, supposedly Dallas, the Niners, Houston interested. Can you imagine Houston with Bill O'Brien? I mean, if you can't get along with Pete Carroll, how are you going to get along with Bill O'Brien, who's clueless? My goodness. Deshaun Watson yesterday sending out a tweet. Surprise, the Ravens released my guy, Earl Thomas. Hearing all the noise, but Earl's always been someone I can rely on when I had questions, and I have nothing but respect for him. Can't wait to see where he lands. I don't know where Deshaun Watson and Earl Thomas cross paths, but uh, okay. You know what? Uh, maybe it is uh, with, with uh, Houston. And wouldn't be the worst thing in the world for Houston to throw Deshaun Watson a bone. I mean, you took away his favorite wide receiver. Uh, and and uh, so why not, uh, you know, and Hopkins, if he's calling for us to give this guy a call and at least, you know, kick the tires, if you will, I, I would think Bill O'Brien would be smart enough to at least call up Thomas. But why, realistically, why would you want to add this? Again, if you can't cut it with Seattle, why would you want to bring that situation onto the football field? He just must, you know, just have no interest in, in playing football. It really it just no interest whatsoever. Good to hear from John Ross. First-round draft choice hasn't quite lived up to his billing. Uh, he was talking about leaving training camp to take care of his three-year-old son and, and uh, wife, or at least the son's mother anyway. Uh, both contracted, uh, apparently, the, the, HIV, or the HIV, excuse me, the COVID-19. So, you know what? 
There was no thought behind it at all, he said. There was no chance of me staying with the team. Uh, with all due respect to anything, I'm a father first. Boy, how refreshing is that? You know, you don't hear that from NFL players too often. And, and generally, I'll scrutinize guys leaving. But, you know, when uh, a three-year-old gets the virus and your uh, uh, son's mother gets the virus, it, it's, it's just, you know what? It's, you can't have it both ways. So if we're going to criticize others for leaving and being mental uh, mental dopes, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, mental dopes uh, in, in the NFL, then let's prop praise to those who are like making sure that the uh, father comes first. You know, we don't we have enough Adrian Petersons in the world. Thank you very much. So good for John Ross uh, saying that. All right, to the phones we go. Andy in San Antonio. Andy, welcome to uh, Bagels and Bad Beats on this uh, Monday morning. My man, Scott, how you doing this morning? Hope you had a good weekend, my friend. Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad, Andy. Got some things done. Uh, tried to go clamming yesterday, believe it or not. And and I and I must say, Andy, I was thinking of you throughout the weekend because yes, uh, yeah, I was, absolutely. I, I grabbed some firewood, you know, here in the East Coast. We had the, the hurricanes or whatever, tornadoes, tropical storms, and uh, there's old trees all knocked down, and, and it's lined up along the streets. They, they cut it up in big pieces, and and my wife thinks I'm a hillbilly John here as I'm loading this wood into my uh, my uh, my car. And I said, you know, and I even sent out a tweet to the guys on Twitter. I said, Andy and San Antonio and hillbilly John, they got nothing on me, boy. I, I am going out. There. I'm going to collect all the wood I can and throw it into my car. And if I look like the fool, then so be it. I don't care. I, I'm a country boy deep down inside. Thank you very much. So Heck I was yeah. thinking of ain't, ain't nothing better than. Ain't nothing better than sending getting a good old firewood. You know, I tell you what, man. Like you said, like you said the other day, that stuff's expensive. You can sit there and get you a bunch of firewood, put a little bit of effort in, and you sit there, man. I mean, ain't nothing wrong with a cold grill. Ain't nothing wrong with using charcoal. Ain't nothing wrong with using pellets. What they do these electric smokers, but ain't nothing with good old fashioned wood. You know, when you're barbecuing, you know. I mean, you can't be. Now I know not everybody can sit there and have wherever the matter. You know, it depends on where they live, and sometimes they live in these apartments or little subdivisions. They can't use all this, you know, wood like I do in the country or like you're doing it, you know, at your house. But, you know, if you can, man, ain't nothing better than good old-fashioned wood. Nothing. Yep. Absolutely. But I wanted to Absolutely. I wanted to go after you. Uh, you were saying this morning, or you are saying just now, you were completely right. I, you know, with the political correctness of the world and all this, you know, we got to love everybody and we got to sit there and clap hands and hold hands and sing kumbaya all every day. It's a, it's a load of crap. You know, what happened in the good old days where you can call me a dope and I can call you an idiot and we can we can have a disagreement and go about our go about our business and we can have a we can have a good construction criticism disagreement without sending everybody getting personal about it all the dang time. I mean I I grew up I sorry about my chicken crawling in the background. That's okay. I grew up <laughs> um in a world I grew up <laughs> I grew up in a world my dad, you know, I woke up. I joke around. I didn't know my I didn't know my name for the first ten years of my life because he called me everything but my name. You know, and <laughs> I mean, it's just that's just the way I was raised up. And I understand not everybody's raised up the way I am, but you know, we can sit there, we roast each other, we laugh, we joke, we talk crap, and all kinds of stuff. And what's wrong with that? And, you know, now I don't. You know, I sit there. I got three daughters. They're young kids, and I sit there and I get on them. And my, and my wife says, "Why you got to ride them hard? Why you got to be so mean to them? Why you know? Why you have to sit there and?" You know, you know, talk talk mess to them and stuff like that. I said, well, number one, I said, well, you know, she, her excuse is because they're girls. I said, you think anybody in this world gives a crap if they're females? You think they can crap if they're girls? I said, I guarantee you. I said, my girls, they're gonna be the hardest no girls you ever gonna meet in your life because nobody cares. Nobody cares if they, you know, when they when they go out of society, 
they need to be prepared for everything. I have a fun, goofy side with them, but I'm also hard on them. That way they'd have both sides, you know. And you're, you're saying about you being in the radio, and I don't know how – you know, I love sports. I love talking sports. I love talking – I'm, I'm kind of like you. I like to talk sports. I like to sit there and talk uh, family life. I like to make fun of the wife and do fun stuff like that. But I don't know – I said that about – I had a buddy of mine that was in radio, and he told me about 18 years ago, and he just recently passed away. He said, Andy, don't get at it. He said, why? He said, because the way this stuff's going, I said, number one, you, you're gonna have you're gonna starve to death for so many years. And you know, you yeah. got you can't do you can't be like it was years, you know, years ago. Don't don't get into it. And he's and it's just oh and here's right, he's just multiplying the I don't know how y'all yeah. guys do it. You can't sit there, you gotta be careful with everything you say because okay, some people might like it, but this person may think it's upsetting. Well, you have to you have to watch what you say. And I just I don't get that. I don't agree with that. Now, I don't believe in derogatory terms. I don't believe in, you know, stuff like that, you know. And, but, you know, we can sit there and roast somebody without sending everybody getting their panties in a ward, and we can have fun about it without everybody getting their panties in a ward. I just I don't agree with that. I don't like it. It's just, to me, it's a little crap. You know, I'm just a little old-fashioned guy. I always joke around saying I was born 150 years too late. You know, where a good old handshake and sit there and tell you what you – I say what I mean and mean what I say. I just yeah. I don't understand it. Now, I will say nothing made me happier than watch. You know, now I'm a Spurs fan, but I'm gonna call call give dude what dude's credit. Luca, unbelievable, and can't believe that thinking. You know, nothing makes me happier than that than that spare. But well, he's not a spare. He's a heck of a player. But that I guess that traitor Kawhi Leonard got beat. You know, and he sat there. You That's know, right. that guy. Yeah. And what I'm really disappointed in is Paul George. All that crap and just another thing. Can't sit there and block out the noise. Go out there and play. Hey, you play like crap. Own up to it. Hey, I play like crap. You deserve to get crew to crew. But who am I? I'm just a I'm just a dumb country boy from San Antonio. What do I know? <laughs> Good job, man. I appreciate the phone well, call, well, bud. Scott, thanks, buddy. You got it, man. I'll, I'll talk to you later during the podcast, perhaps, uh, in San Antonio. Listen, you're right. Everybody, I grew up getting with Scott toilet paper. That was the big thing for me. I mean, show me a kid who's in his 30s, 40s, or 50s now that didn't grow up and get teased. I mean, you, you can't find one. Everybody teased everybody. It's part of life nowadays. Oh, my God, it's the end of the world. Oh, you know, same thing. I'm, I'm rough on my kids. My wife says the same thing. You know, why, why, why? You know, I um, I believe in, in the, uh, the Bobby Knight somewhat principle of, I'm going to rip you as hard as I can because if you can't handle me, then how are you going to handle the fans at Michigan? How are you going to handle the fans at Purdue? How are you going to handle the fans when you're on the road yelling and screaming? If you can't deal with me, uh, then you're never going to be successful on the road. And, and that's kind of the philosophy. You know, you, you listen, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll scrutinize you and tease you and everything else and, you know, prop you up when you need to be propped up, but tear you down when you need to be teared down in preparation because if you think you're going to go life without people yelling, screaming, you know, you know whatever, you, you're never going to be successful. So, um, yeah, it, it's just it's, we've gone soft. That, that's the easiest way. I mean, just To simplify it, we've just gone soft as a society. And when you're going to, you know, uh, yell and scream because, uh, you know, Mike Gilbury said that, um, you know, there's no women around to distract us. Distract us, not ruin us, not tear us down, not, you know, make us whatever. Distract us. I mean, it's just, wow. I'm full of shock text stories do that time Sports. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Three side, yeah, right, right, by three sides, right, yeah. Uh, uh, Fred McMurray, what's his first name? Um, Fred McMurray, Fred McMurray. A couple stories here. We didn't have time to get uh, to delve into too much. First up, kudos to Michael Flentz, who correctly pointed out that uh, Earl Thomas was playing for the Ravens, not Seahawks. Uh, you know, it used to be with Seattle, 100% right. But because of that, I follow you. If you, if you have a correction for me, I get to follow you which is why I'm following about a thousand people. All right. So yeah. But everything I said about Seattle and Pete Carroll just replaced with John Harbaugh and, and the Ravens, but you're right. It was Baltimore. Good catch uh, there, Michael. Uh, a couple of stories here. This is really a big story to tell you the truth that you know, it happened Friday. Uh, so it didn't get a lot of publicity, but the NCAA, did you see this? They came out and said that anyone playing college football this year gets another year of eligibility next year. So not only uh, big 10 players and PAC 12 players, you know, conferences, teams that aren't playing, but even SEC players, ACC players, Big 12 players, they get, like, not like, they do. They get an extra year. So, now, would that stop the, the NFL player from turning pro? No, but, you know, if you're an average player and you want to play an extra year of football, that's that's big. That is that is real big. How about this? Speaking of big, some mope paid $3.84 million for a Mike Trout Super Fractor, whatever the fudge that is, baseball card. Almost $4 million. Wow. Uh, Randy Moss's son was cut by the Washington football team. Nationals fired team employee Jazeel Morrell. Did you see that? You see the video of this mope throwing uh, two cups of coffee in this poor woman's face at a, at a convenience store? I mean, hot coffee. Uh, you know, hopefully, and I, you know, I kind of joked about this, but it's serious. Hopefully, uh, he put milk and sugar in it so it wasn't that hot. But, you know. That that's just uh, boy, that is just brutal. You can't do that. I mean, obviously you cannot do that. We've been red hot with uh, our free picks. You know what? Uh, with the winners and everything else, and we'll give you one more. Going to go with uh, the over Orlando two twenty five and a half bucks and Magic this afternoon. Have yourselves a great weekend. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Monday. We'll talk to you tomorrow right here, Big with the SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.